Good evening, Bethlehem and saints of God. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, or maybe even good night or whatever time you're tuning into our Wednesday Zoom Bible study. My name is Pastor Michael Eton. I'm your host and Bible study for today's program. And I also serve as a senior pastor here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church in Pauls Valley, Oklahoma. And one of the things I like to do during this time, because we are live streaming on most of the mediums, uh, we like to extend a personal invitation for those who live in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, to join us this coming Sunday at the 11 a.m. service. Better yet, join us at 10 o'clock for Sunday school. And we're located at 311 North Dunbar. Again, we're located at 311 North Dunbar. We'd love to see your face in this place. Again, this coming Sunday at 11 a.m. service, or better yet, Sunday school at 10 a.m. Bring a family member or a friend. And again, we'd love to see you. Our goal this year is to add 25 new families. And also we're praying that God would add 15 families, those who have been saved, and we also want to baptize those 15s who accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior right here in Bethlehem and Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. So we want to thank you once again for joining us today. Over my shoulder is how for you new timers is what's going to happen. We're going to have opening prayer announcements the reading of the word, the uh, introduction video, the Bible study itself, the invitation, and the benediction. So let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify your holy name. You are hallowed, as your word says, hallowed and holy as the angels singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. To him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb be all blessings, glory, honor, and power, dominion, and might forever and ever and ever. Father, you are worthy to be praised, Father. We come today asking you because of your holiness that you will forgive us of our sins, wash us, and cleanse us that we might be in right relationship with you, that we might be in right fellowship with you, that we may tonight, this morning, this evening, or whenever we're listening, we may be able to hear a word from the Lord. We need you, Lord. Speak for your people need um, to hear from you in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise the Lord. Amen. And praise the Lord. A few announcements before we get into our study uh, this coming Friday, we're going to begin to fast and pray from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Again, we're starting back our fasting and prayer time this coming Friday from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. I need you to fast and pray for those who are on the prayer list and uh, continue to intercede and continue to be about spiritual warfare. Jesus said that my house shall be called a house of prayer. And we're going to stand on his word and we're going to pray. And speaking of prayer, I want to thank those who interceded on behalf of myself and the pastor's conference of 2024. God uh, 
really, really moved in a mighty and awesome way in regards to me. And uh, he moved. Uh, I'm trying to say it to where I'm glorifying God and not make it sound like I'm boasting. Um, so I'm just going to say that God moved in, in a very unique way at this conference and folk were very appreciative on how God used me. And you know me, I believe it happens after prayer. And I want to thank you, Bethlehem and Saints of God, prayer warriors who intercede on behalf of me and the preachers, con uh, the preachers conference. And we pray that that fruit will remain and also uh, the Lord allowed me to uh, not only preach uh, two sessions when I was only supposed to do one during the preacher's conference. Also, um, we went six hours to Ocknor, Oklahoma, from NorCal Nor to Southern Cal and uh, preached at Simply Church. And we had just a wonderful and marvelous time that's uh, Bishop Huggins uh, Church there in Oxnard, and uh, we had another, another wonderful time as well. I'm going to send out the links if I can get all the links and our Wednesday links and uh, allow you to be a part of that if you have not already. But we thank God. We always want to thank God. You know, when the football players score, they point up to the heavens, and I just need to point up to the heavens and thank God uh, uh, for doing what he did uh, to me and through me in Jesus' name. So, but we want to continue to fast and pray because God's work is not done. And there's some folk that need to hear a word from the Lord and see the power of God at work in their lives and continue to be at work in their lives. We're fasting and praying for the vision to reach more in 2024. I've already said that we want to reach based on Luke chapter five, verses four through five, where Jesus encouraged his disciples to launch out into the deep. And he changed their profession from fishermen to being fishers of men. And we believe that this is the year here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church that we're going to reach more in 2024, our goal is to add 25 new families to our church. And as I said earlier, 15 new believers to our church, as well as 15 baptism. We're praying for soul salvation, soul salvation, that people may walk in it. We're not interested in uh, really membership or baptism. We're interested in raising disciples disciples and there are many who've been baptized but they're not disciples many who've been members but they're not disciples so we're praying and believing by faith that we can reach more in 2024 and that's our goal bethlehem i'm excited about it god is not dead he's on the throne he still has all the power he he has from creation and he can create something new here at bethlehem baptist church in Jesus' name. And also, before we get into tonight's lesson, we're going to wish you guys a happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. And I pray 
um, that you can experience uh, true love, which is the love of God. You see, there are many people who make uh, who make promises about love, but there's only one who says who can say that I will never leave you or forsake you. And that one is God himself. There have been many married for 50 and 40 years, and one has died and gone on to be with the Lord. It's a horrible kind of transition time in their lives. But God is the only one that says that I will never leave you or forsake you. And so we're standing on that love today. And you don't have to be in a relationship to experience that kind of love. You well, you do. You have to be in a relationship with God to experience that kind of love. And that's the kind of love we want to celebrate today here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. And we want to celebrate God's love. And God loves you, whether you're married or whether you're single, whether you're divorced, whether you're a widow. God loves you in Jesus' name. And I want to say happy Valentine's Day in God's love. In Jesus' name. Today, Bethlehem and Saints of God, we are continuing in a series that I've entitled The Corinthians Road to Singleness, Love, and Marriage. The Corinthians Road to Singleness, Love, and Marriage. And in this word, we're standing on 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, which says to flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside of the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. This month, we're going to take the Corinthians rose to singleness, love, and marriage that we might live the way that God has calls, called us to live in such a time as this. In Jesus' name. And here is a series. I send this out in the pastor's text a little earlier and online on Facebook. And you can get these uh, headings and study before time. Because uh, once again, we're interested in making disciples. A disciple is a learner. And in order to learn, you have to study. And I like to treat church like it's Sunday school. I give you the text beforehand so that you can study it. And today we're going to be talking about the excise of service, the excise of service as we continue in this series, the excise of service, the excise of service. And uh, we're going to be looking at today, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 through 5. And let me read that in your hearing. Uh, this is Paul, we believe, who wrote this letter. He says, now for the matters you have wrote about, it is good for a man not to have sexual relationships with a woman, for since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relationship with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. The husband should not or should fulfill his marital duties to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. And in the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it 
to his wife. Again, today I've read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. May God only bless the doers of this holy and magnificent word in Jesus' name. It's holy and magnificent word in Jesus' name. <clears throat> today, we're going to talk about the exercise of service in it. Uh, the excise is usually uh, talking about excise of taxes. There's a price to pay uh, the bill or, or your taxes, or for some who don't make that much, they look forward to that money coming back. Um, what we're talking about today, the excise of service. There's a cost in marriage that we must pray, play or pay and we're going to look at around three points the Holy Spirit gives us utterance. We're going to talk about be mindful of marriage, be mixing in marriage sexually, and be mutual in marriage. Be mindful of marriage, be mixing in marriage, and be mutual in marriage. And we want Christians to know today that Christians should only be sexual in marriage. Christians should only be sexual in marriage going to look at this brief video and then we'll get to the word the scriptures sexual ethic is good for the world because god created the universe to reflect the union of christ and his church and so a uh, Christian sexual ethic isn't just a, a good way for Christians to live. This is the way God uh, designed the creation itself. And that's one of the reasons why uh, deviations from a creational biblical sexuality lead to such despair. And it's also the reason why, though, I'm not panicked uh, when I look around at uh, sexual immorality and sexual brokenness around us. That's been the case in every era since the fall. And these sexual revolutions always promise big, but they never deliver on their promises. And so people are ultimately longing for something more than, than just using the body as a vehicle for, for pleasure or for momentary connection and disconnection. God designed us uh, to long for one flesh union, and that, uh, that can only take place within that, that covenant union between a man and a woman. And so I think one of the things that we need to do is to try to identify the ways that our neighbors, even those who disagree with us, really do in many ways uh, want uh, the, the very things, if they're not, they're not paying attention to what they're saying, the very things that the Bible teaches. And so often I will pick up with an unbeliever who may disagree with me completely on sexual, sexuality issues, but who is hurt, for instance, after an infidelity. And just say, why? Uh, is, is infidelity so, so hurtful? And everyone can recognize that. There's, there's something about faithfulness that is good and right. That's because they're created in the image of God. They're created to long for that. Amen and praise the Lord. Amen and praise the Lord. 
this is the map. Uh, we may use all month long. <clears throat> it's a good map that shows the spread of the gospel. And of course, it began over here on your right hand side in Jerusalem. And it was spread <clears throat> all the way up here. And you will notice some of the churches. You notice Antioch right here. That's where Christians first became known as Christians was what happened here in Antioch, uh, Tarshish. We know about Paul in Tarshish and uh, Galatia. Uh, another book in the Bible, Gal Galatians, Ephesians, Ephesus. That's where we get that book. Philippi, that's where we get that book. Um, and down on around down here is Corinth. It's Corinth, what we get first and second Corinthians. So uh, this is a great uh, calendar that kind of shows or map that shows the spread of the gospel. We are now in the Corinthian church, and there's much controversy in the Corinthian church, a gifted church, mighty, mighty gifted, but a fleshly church. And they live in a fleshly society there in Corinth. And they had wrote Paul some questions. So uh, we're in that part where Paul begins to answer the questions that were written to him. And he starts out the text saying it's good uh, uh, for a man not to be married, to, uh, for a man to remain single. Um, but he says a word that I believe that is monumental for our day and time, as it was for him. He told them, and we have to tell people in the church, and then I think, I don't ever hear many pastors uh, preach from this text. I, I don't uh, ever, even some of the great uh, theologians and, and those who exegete the word of God, uh, they don't uh, preach about this, um, but this is something that needs to be shared amongst the body of Christ, especially in our day and time. And uh, they were trying to figure out whether it was good to just remain uh, single and serve the Lord. But Paul had to address uh, this serious issue. You know, everybody cannot remain single and be sexually pure and he had to tell them and uh, to be mindful be mindful of marriage he says but since sexual immorality is occurring each man should have sexual relationship with his own wife and each woman with her own husband it's good for you to want to have a desire and i don't even know that that desire is prevalent in our culture and time where people want to stay single and serve the lord full-heartedly because of sexual immorality. But in our culture, in our time, we must be mindful of marriage. And I told you, I believe it was last Sunday that I preached, I'm writing a book entitled that Black Love Must Matter in the Bible. And I talk about how uh, we were outraged at these young men being killed in the streets and we raised up and said, Black Lives Matter. And I began to compare that with uh, the erosion of 
the black family and all of the horrible statistics that there are. 70% of our households don't have a man in it, but 50% of those 70% have children in it, which means there's a man somewhere. I told you about statistics, about uh, the difference that a man makes in the family in regards to protecting, in regards to providing, in regards to stabilizing our community. And I, I'm trying to get folk mindful of marriage because people don't marry anymore in our community. And, it, and it's, it's even gotten and touched the majority community because it's 70% of African-Americans homes don't have a man in it. And 50% of the Anglo-Saxon homes don't have a man in it. So there's an erosion of families in our nation um, because people are not mindful of marriage. Because our culture and society is set up to where, and, and, and I point to the sexual revolution that began in the 60s, and we're reaping the horrible benefits of freedom sexually, where men don't have to commit to have sex. Um, they can be uncommitted. And they can live with a woman for five, six, ten years uncommitted. In the book, uh, I said that a man, and I talk about where it says that black men don't cheat. And I said what women were saying that the black men don't cheat because black men don't commit. I was talking about one young man's relationship status. He put his relationship status as single, even though he was living with a woman because he knew he was not committed to that woman. He was not committed to her. And as a result, he saw himself as single, even though he was living with a woman. And guess what? That's the way the Bible sees you. Um, because there are two categories of the Bible. That's married and that's the unmarried. And there's folk who are not married, been living together for five, 10, 15 years. And they think they're not single. You are single. The Bible puts you in two categories, married or unmarried. Hello, somebody, unless you've lost a loved one and then that's a widow. Um, so uh, we have to be mindful of marriage in our day and time because the erosion of the family is a big part of the erosion of the church. Because churches are usually built upon families. You have strong Christian families. You have a strong Christian church. But in our culture in our time, nobody's mindful of marriage but the folk that shouldn't be mindful of marriage. And they're fighting for it. Whereas people, young people, we got to tell them and we got to uh, speak to them at the family reunions. We've got to let them know that marriage is of God. There's so many benefits for a man to be married. And it's of God. And in this text, Paul says, be mindful of marriage. But since there's sexual immorality occurring, there's sexual immorality that's occurring. Uh, you, you, you can't be a single man out in this world and, and believe that you're going to live holy and live righteous because of the immorality 
that's going on in our world today. So God says that a man should have sexual relationship with his own wife. Get married. That's the word from the Lord today. Get married. And also the word from the Lord today is to stay married. And I think I mentioned this in the first message in this series. I, you know, it really, really perturbs me for people who have been married 50 years and get a divorce. 60 years and get a divorce. God hates divorce. He wants you to get married and stay married in Jesus' name. You have the audacity for it to have lasted that long, and then all of a sudden, out the blue, um, you want to get divorced? You need to be mindful of marriage. You need to get married and stay married. Men, you're supposed to be committed to that. Why? Until death. In Jesus' name, be mindful of marriage. Be mindful of marriage. First Thessalonians 4 and 4 says, each of you must know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. And if you know you cannot control yourself sexually, the Bible says for you to get married. For you to get married. On Valentine's Day, there are a lot of women that's going to get engaged get engaged they're going to be happy they're going to be in the fancy restaurants and they're going to get get engaged and 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 and, and they've been looking for this uh, all of their lives but guess what the bible didn't say get engaged it said get married because that's what many men do to manipulate the situation when you finally try to make a stand and say, hey, we've been together five years and you give that op op optimatum. And 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 then that what they'll do is they'll use engagement and get engaged, but they have no real plans to marry. The Bible says to get married in Jesus' name, not get engaged, get married. And if you've been wasting your time in dead-end relationships that you define as complicated, or if you're in a relationship with people who, who, who want to and have other proclivities, like they're bisexual or uh, these lifestyles where uh, they will add other folk to the bed, that this is not of God in Jesus' name. Each of you must know how to control his own body and holiness and in honor. So get married, be faithful to marry. Don't try to put other folk in your marriage sexually. That's not of God. People take that marriage bed as being undefiled, as being able to, to, to for you two to decide whatever happens. No, God decides what happens in your marriage, not you. Hello, somebody. And he don't want you to be married so you can cheat with somebody else or even not cheat or agree to be with somebody else. Hello, somebody. That's not of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. There's a tax to marriage. There's a tax to excise of service. And, and this is why uh, many marriages are on the rocks. And, and, and I want you to be careful in what I'm saying here because I don't want you to take this out of context. Be mixing 
sexually in marriage. And we're coming from the text. Listen what the text says. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife. And likewise, the wife to her husband. And many times, and this is not an excuse to live unholy and ungodly, but many times people cheat because they are not excising their gifts in their marriage. Ooh, let me say it again. There's a tax. Uh, the Catholic Church wants you to know that you are, before they marry you, that you are mature enough to handle the duties of marriage. And there's a duty sexually in marriage. And because so many people have so many sexual proclivities before they get married, and, and, and that's what guys do, they live that wild life and they follow up on what they tried to get me to do when I was young, to sow your wild oaks uh, while you're young. But there's only one problem. When you sow your wild oaks while you're young, you're going to reap it when you're old. And you have these men that have all of these sexual proclivities and, and doing that before marriage and they get married and they look for their wives to be all of that what they were when she's not none of that that they were hello somebody so 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 most of the time in marriage men the biggest biggest on valentine's day here the biggest the biggest complaint men have is not enough sex the biggest complaint now, God ain't expecting you to be a nympho. If he's a nympho, he, he got to take care of his own things before God. But there is a tax in marriage. And marriage is for mature people. And this tax must be paid. And it has to be paid to help men and women, by the way, to live sexually pure. And like I said, if, if they are, have nymphos, uh, things they can never be satisfied. Um, that's something else. But there is a duty in marriage for a husband and a wife. And that duty is to be done so that neither the man or the woman is tempted sexually. See, marriage is chess, not checkers. And the devil is coming against your marriage. And if, and if he can have either of you to be unsatisfied sexually, he has your marriage in check. He's one move away for you losing it all because you don't want to be mature enough to excise the service that God says you should have so that your wife or your husband is not tempted by other women who are willing to do what you won't do. Woo! Let me say it again. Let me say it again. God wants you. Listen up. God wants you to be mixing in marriage. The husband must fulfill his marital duties. That's the tax, the excise, the tax of his wife, and likewise the wife of her husband. And if this is not happening i can tell you for most men they won't have a happy valentine's day because no day 
hello somebody and women too you hear from women all the time now i don't hear from women all the time because they ain't gonna share that with their pastor but men will share that with their pastor and they'll ask what what am i to do what am i to do i'm not fulfilled in this marriage what am i to do and, and i always tell them hey what you need to do is you need to go back and live holy like you were living holy when you were single. And nine times out of 10, they'll say, I wasn't living holy when I was single. And nine times out of 10, I'll say, well, you're basically reaping what you've sown. And you have no way out. Now, not exercising this gift is not a reason for a divorce. Hello, somebody. But it is setting up your marriage for affairs because, again, if you don't do it, that's somebody else the devil. Like I said, this is, this is chess, not checkers. It's somebody else. The devil's willing to move in, willing to move in to take your place in that arena. Woo, this is deep. This is wrong folks stuff. I should have gave a, a parental advisory. This is wrong folks stuff. But this is what Paul was talking about. It, it, it was such a salacious society. I mean, they had, they had temple prostitutes back in the day at, at, in Corinth. And you've heard me say several times they didn't have problems with men going to church then. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. But there has to be mixing. And I'm just talking about being faithful to one another and doing this duty to one another, not adding somebody else to it in marriage. In Jesus' name, marriage is for grown folk, not children. And, and grown folk have grown needs. Woo! In Jesus' name. First Corinthians chapter 7. And four says the wife does not have authority over her own body, yet use it to her husband. And in the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, which yields to his wife. And then, and then again, we're not talking about nympho kind of stuff. Where you just got to have it three times in a day, every day. That ain't of God either. You got to get those kind of things and seek counseling for that. And then they always like to ask, okay, how much is enough? How much should a marriage couple should be having sexual, uh, sexual intimacy in marriage? And usually I would say, if you have to ask, you don't have enough. Woo! If you have to ask this, it's not enough intimacy in the marriage. Unless, once again, there's somebody who's a nympho, and that's a whole nother issue. You need to seek counseling in that area because you're trying to fulfill other needs in the sexual arena, and it's not going to fulfill it. It's not going to fulfill it. We're talking about normal relationships. A wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband in the same way the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife in other words if it's a healthy normal relationship uh you shouldn't be saying no all the time Woo! 
I mean, this is practical. We don't get this teaching across the pulpit. This is practical. Say the average couple, one to three times a week. I think that's what the professionals say, one to three times a week. Um, but this is a tax. This is a tax. And, and what happens is a lot of times you get married. And the funny thing about it is you was having sex before you got married all the time. But after you get married, you stop having sex, which means you were using sex to trap him. Woo! I didn't mean to go there. You was using sex to trap him because you were doing it before, but you're not doing it now. Hello, somebody. So you were you were using sex to get love, and that's what men do. Men use love to get sex. That's why there's going to be a lot of gifts giving out today on Valentine's Day. And guess what? What the man wants on Valentine's Day? He don't want no chocolate. Hello, somebody, and maybe some women like that too. They don't want no chocolate. They don't want the. They want some of that. Uh, what I call it, as I was thinking about it in my study, they, they they want some of that Marvin Gaye kind of theology. You remember what Marvin Gaye talked about? Sexual healing. <laughs> That's that Marvin Gaye theology, and there's some folks sick out there. <laughs> and they want that Marvin Gaye theology. They want it today on Valentine's. Really, they want it every day. <laughs> but that's what the Bible says. Marriage is for grown folk. Marriage is for grown folk. There's a tax that you have to pay. You have to excise this gift. Talking about the excise of service. This is a service. This is a service. Then mutual and marriage. And this mutuality, I, I, I don't know any couples that can afford to be this mutual. And you say, what do you mean, preacher? It says, do not deprive each other, each other, except perhaps by mutual consent for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. The only time that you shouldn't be fulfilling your duty in marriage is Friday when you fast and pray from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. to devote yourself to prayer. And I don't know many couples that are that sexual to where they, they should devote mutual time to prayer. Hello, somebody. In other words, most of the time it's lacking. It's lacking many a time, especially from the point of view of the man. And the man ain't going to want to pray when he's frustrated. <laughs> somebody get that on the way home. And a woman won't either, by the way. But he says this, and what married couples have to know, and single couples have to know, it says, he says, then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you. So that Satan will not tempt you, you because of your lack of control. Single folk, you get married so that Satan doesn't tempt you. So that Satan doesn't tempt you. He's coming for you. 
coming for you as a single person and he's coming for you as a married person because of your lack of self-control the devil is coming for you. and that's why i say this this thing this sexual relationship in marriage it's not checkers it's chess it's much more complicated and many marriages have had all oh, a breach in their marriage because one has forgot to do what they were supposed to do. I know a couple um, who remained nameless and the man ended up cheating on him. And she took the blame because she had shut down sexually in the marriage and they had gone several years without connecting and because of his lack of control he cheated on them now the marriage survived but she took the blame because she had shut down that's why uh singles before you get married one of the things that i do as a counselor is i try to make sure that you have a healthy mindset when it comes to marriage and, and sexuality and marriage and try to make sure that if you have been sexually molested as a child or you have been raped as a teenager or you've been abused in this area as an adult, I try to make sure that you get counseling in that area because that man, whether it's a man or a woman, or if it's a man, if it's, you're dealing with some physical things that would not allow you to be able to do that, then uh, we, we try to make sure you see a doctor so that you can be able to function, either a medical doctor or a counselor in these areas because uh, marriage is for grown people and grown people have grown needs. It, 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 it's not a, a childish, a childlike relationship, it's grown people. And this body that God has given us, if it's a healthy body, it's going to cry out for sex. Hello, somebody. For physical intimacy, it's going to cry out if you're healthy now. Now, I've heard some, some of the brothers say when they get older, it's not that drive. And some of the ladies, it's not as driven. Um, but for people who are healthy, this is something that is that must be taken care of or the devil is going to tempt you. Your relationship will be a check on an everyday basis. If she's not satisfied, the devil got somebody who will satisfy us. He's not satisfied. The devil has somebody and, and the devil is the best matchmaker. Hello, somebody. He knows your type. Hello, somebody, and you'll have that person smiling in your face, willing to do everything that your husband or vice versa, everything that your wife won't do. It's, it's about temptation. This is spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. Prayer is the only thing that you should be doing mutually, but then when not do sex or have sex, and, 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 and Paul says, but wait a minute. Then they must come again to get even these spiritual folk who are praying. Woo, let me say it again. Even these spiritual folk who have a mutual consent to pray 
Uh, Paul says that after you get married, you better get back together. Hello, some. These are spiritual people. Hello, some. Let alone some of us who are not that spiritual. Some of some of us who are not mature. He hello, somebody. And then he says these spiritual people they must come together again, or Satan will. So Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self control. In Jesus' name. I said, magic for grown folk. Just this grown folk business. This grown folk business. And, and here I want you to see in Matthew chapter 4, verse 10. Jesus said, away from me, Satan. Jesus declared. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And I want to show you here, if the devil will come for Jesus, woo, how much more so will he come for us who are married? Let me say that again. If the devil will come for, for Jesus, again, I say this, this, is, this is chess, not checkers. Uh, if the devil will come for Jesus, how much more so will he come for us? And, and we've got to serve God. We've got to worship God in our marriage and serve him only, which means we worship in our marriage by keeping up our marital covenant. Woo! Let me say that again. By keeping up our marital covenant. In Jesus' name, I call that once again, at Marvin Gaye theology, at Marvin Gaye theology. And that's a lot of Christian men going to want that Marvin Gaye theology to be worked tonight. They done bought a gift. <laughs> they done took you to, to a fancy restaurant. Hello, somebody. Uh, they done proclaimed their love. And then they want, they want that gift to happen tonight. <laughs> <laughs> really, they want it in tonight. <laughs> this is spiritual warfare, people. We live in a world that is so horribly, I mean, sexual immorality, it, it's almost non-hyperbole to say that it's running rapid in our culture and our society. Say, no, no, hyperbole is an overextension, over exaggeration of the word but our households again don't have 70 percent don't have a man in it marriage is irrelevant to the young people they're not worried about sexual immorality they don't even know what that is this is a normal life things have gotten so opposite that they don't even know they don't have a concept of sin because sin has permeated our culture. They have no clue of marriage because the sexual revolution started in the 60s when the homes, black homes, I think they said that over 80% of men in it. And that sexual revolution where they allowed men, you know, a lot of times it was these women who were trying to be free sexually, but they let loose men. And now they can go anywhere and get with anybody at any time. So why should they commit? Hello, somebody. 
the devil has waylaid our community, but we got to start where we are. And like I said, when I was writing the book, I would think it's impossible for black love to matter, the book I'm writing, if I didn't believe in God. If I didn't believe in God, if, if, if black lives must matter, then black love must matter because our children, just statistics, horrible statistics alone with a man without a household for, for his children dropping out of high school, going and being in prison and, and all kind of horrible statistics that happen to people and women, they fall below the poverty level because Nobody committed to God, nobody committed to marriage, nobody committed to family, nobody committed to holiness. In Bethlehem, I pray that we'll be a remnant and God will use us to enable us to raise up a remnant and to manifest and to keep families together, to train young people to marriage and then train young people to know what marriage is about and not fall into the everydayness of life and forget to keep the main thing the main thing and that's what this is this main thing is main thing is because of because of our lack of self-control that's what god said even spiritual folk who pray better pray and get back together or else the devil is coming for you and your marriage in jesus name i want to thank you for joining us tonight and again christians should only be sexual in marriage which means if you're single and you're burning you need to get married and stay married and exercise your gifts in marriage in jesus name on this day of valentine's I must tell you about love that I really start telling the people of Bethlehem about love that you may not know about. This is the love of God. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And if you're here today listening, and we do several social medias, you're listening and you just happen upon this message, happen upon this video, happen upon this podcast. Um, we want you to know about God's love on Valentine's Day on 2024. God so loved the word he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And if you're willing and able to pray this simple prayer, dear Lord Jesus, I come today. And today I want to experience your love. I believe you died for my sins, was buried and raised again on the third day so that today I might be saved. Come into my heart, take over my will that I may live for you in this life to glorify God in Jesus name, amen. And praise the Lord. If you pray that prayer for the first time and you're anywhere near Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, we want to welcome you to the body of Christ right here at Bethlehem Baptist Church. We're located at 311 North Dunbar, right here in the heart of Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. There are other decisions you can make because of today's word. Some may have accepted Christ and you need to be baptized. And that's why we want you to come. If you pray that prayer for the first time, come this Sunday at the 11 a.m. service after I finish preaching. 
want you to come down and let me know that you accepted Christ and we will accept you into the body of Christ right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church and baptize you in Jesus name. Maybe somebody else who's been a part of us but have never joined us as members. You're a part of us, but you hadn't joined us. This is more to encourage the body of Christ or the people. And we want you to know that we would love for you to be committed to us and join our church or join the body of Christ right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. You may need prayer. It happens after prayer. I told you the testimony at the beginning. If you need prayer, let me know. Jot me a note, text, email. Let me know verbally to add you to the prayer list. Somebody may have been listening tonight, and you may, or this morning, this evening, or afternoon. You may need to rededicate your life because you've been living sexually foul. You have been believing what the world says. Maybe your favorite author says, wait. 90 days, but God says, wait till marriage. We go by the word of God. And you need to rededicate yourself in this area of sexual purity. You have to uh, say from this point on, I'm going to live pure until I get married to where I can exercise this gift in marriage in Jesus' name. So you can recommit your life to sexual holiness in Jesus' name. Sister Eton and I did that. And uh, we save sex for marriage. And so we don't just preach it, we live it in Jesus' name. Also, you can accept your call to preach. You kept your call, accept your call to preach. Or your call to service. Maybe God has put a, a ministry on your heart and you want to manifest that here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. We want you to accept that call to preach and exercise your gift in Jesus' name. Let us know this coming Sunday after I preach the word. We want to thank you once again for joining us, Bethlehem and saints of God. And as always, we want to challenge you um, to stay connected. We want you to stay connected to God's person. Stay connected to God's precepts and stay connected to God's people in Jesus' name. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify your holy name. We pray, Lord, that you have taught us tonight that we might be doers of your word and not just hearers. We pray that you will bless this day of love by the way we feel love from you. In Jesus' name. Again, put your heads in protection around us. Keep us safe from our harm and danger until we meet again. And the people of God said, amen. And praise the Lord. And remember, Bethlehem, this coming Friday from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., we are fasting and praying again to see God work and move in marvelous and mighty ways as we continue in the year of 2024. And remember to make uh, preeminent in your prayers that God will enable us to reach more in 2024. We're praying that God will add 25 families to our church. And we're talking about Christian, sanctified, and holy families, the 15 
families or persons will get saved and walk in newness of life, not just make a public commitment, but somebody that's truly saved, that will be around, that will be taught, that will be disciples. Uh, God has challenged us to launch out into the deep this year to reach more in 2024. May God bless you and keep you is my prayer Bethlehem. You are dismissed in Jesus' name.